Recorded live. Okay, the the call is now on record. Okay, Donna, um, can you start your story? Yeah, um, I'm Donna. I moved from upstate New York to South Carolina about four and a half years ago. Um, back in May, it was May 13th, Friday the 13th, I... Um, I started hearing Voice to Skull for the very first time, and reflecting back on my past, I'm realizing now that my targeting, I believe, has been with me for quite some time. Um, What happened was, um, when I was a teenager, I actually wanted to work for the FBI, and I ended up getting pregnant with my first son, who um, I had a sudden paralysis in my eighth month. Um, the doctors weren't able to figure it out what it was. Um, right after I had my son, I started complaining about excruciating pains in one of my eyes. And my mother actually took me to the hospital and they said that I was probably suffering from migraine headaches. Then when I was 21, um, I worked in corrections in a jail. And when I got my health benefits, I went to the doctor to get my wisdom teeth pulled out. But, and this is documented, During this time, I was with my dentist for at least 12 years. I kept complaining about, and I use these words, electrical pains in my teeth. Um, I never used the word nerve pain. I used the word this weird electrical feeling in my teeth. Um, Then I ended up buying my first car, and I had an electrical fire. And I, I'm just noticing all these things. I had an electrical fire in the first home that I bought when I was 24. Um, and I recall taking water and throwing water on the appliance. It was a dryer. And with an electrical fire, you're never supposed to throw water on that. So here it is in flames, and I'm unplugging it and I was very calm and throwing water on it at the same time. Um, I ended up moving, and I lost that house to a foreclosure. My um, son's father left me. And even with that house, I remember strange things happening there. A UPS worker who wasn't really a UPS worker trying to get into my home with a box and I wouldn't open the door, and he didn't have an appropriate UPS uniform on. And my driveway was a half a mile long from the main road, and he didn't come up the driveway with a UPS truck. He dropped the box, and I opened the box after he left, and I was shaking, and it was a stalker book. I called the police. Um, they attributed to some young person who knew I was new to the area and wanted to scare me, but he wasn't. He was a middle-aged man, um, and they dropped it. So I'm just learning now that um, 
as I'm looking back through my history, that I must have been targeted for a very long time. I'm 40. I'm actually I'm 48. Um, I went through severe chronic fatigue syndrome where I was bedridden for a year and a half. I could not drive a vehicle. I could not even get out of my bed for months to shower. Um, I was diagnosed with severe fibromyalgia, but um, all the doctors were saying that I wasn't showing the normal signs of fibromyalgia. Um, I was prescribed um, all types of painkillers, and I never took any. I just dealt with the pain. I physically could not speak for months, physically could not open my mouth to get any words out. Finally, um, I moved here four and a half years ago, and immediately I came down with some kind of burns or rash all over the right side of my body, my face, my whole neck, and um, I was bedridden again for a year and a half, could not speak for close to six months. Um and the same cycle seemed to happen all over again. I have no family here. It's just myself and my 14-year-old son. And this past May, it was Friday the 13th, I heard Voice to Skull for the first time. But during this course, um, I bought a brand-new home here, um, brand-new appliances. Within the first year, I had to replace a motor to my refrigerator I've had to replace my irrigation system twice. I've had to replace my central air conditioning. I've had to put in three new car batteries within one year. Um, my washing machine broke. My dryer broke. Um, and I was hospitalized. I went to Conway Medical Center, and I was getting these horrific pains in my ear. And I started, I was behind the wheel of my vehicle and I started hearing people talking. And I shut the radio off and I just kept hearing talking. So I went over to the hospital and I never told them I was hearing voices. I just said, I think I need some blood work. There's something wrong. I'm getting this weird pains in my ear. Immediately, that's all I said to them, they stripped me down and they put me on a psych watch for three days. Um, the power kept going out in the hospital. Fire alarms were going off in the hospital. Anytime they tried to take my blood pressure, the machine would shut down. Um, security officers suddenly became aroused around me, and uh, I looked horrible. Then from there, I thought I was going home, and the police picked me up and brought me to the lighthouse in Conway. Same thing followed me there. Fire alarms kept going off. Um, I'm embarrassed to say this, but um, women that I shared the room with were waking up at 2 or 3 in the morning, and I was woken up, strangely enough, at the same time, and they started masturbating in their sleep. Um, and then my head was being directed to the lights outside. Um, 
And this continued. And at that point, I still did no research to know exactly what was going on with me. And they were talking to me the whole time. I literally smelt Valium. So I was being poisoned in the hospital. And then finally, I um, I told them that I wanted to go before a judge for hearing because they wanted to keep me for three more weeks and send me to a state facility. And when I put that request in, the psychiatrist automatically, well, he diagnosed me as schizophrenic and delusional. And I had never mentioned about hearing voices. Um, But yet it's in my chart that I said that I was hearing crickets or that I had crickets in my head. I never said that. Um, So now when I came home, I was able to do my research and I have severe voice to skull. Um, Severe, uh, I guess they call it gang stalking where um, elderly or people be driving up one-way roads, people almost sit into my car, um, lights are changing on me very quickly, or if I'm sitting at a red light, they'll be eight to ten minutes long. Um, people throwing cigarette butts at me, people smoking at the gas station, at the pumps. Very st- strange behavior. Um, that I know that they're under my control because nobody would light up a cigarette at a cigarette pump while they're pumping their car with gas. Um, So they're endangering their lives as well. Um, And then the typical stuff, people are automatically picking up their cell phones. I've seen some very horrendous things with driving, and I know they're under my control. Um. So that's that's my story. Um, I don't really know much about protecting myself. I tried Q-Wave, and unfortunately it didn't help. I got um, Dave Case's tape, which unfortunately didn't help my situation. Um, but, Gail, I shared with you the the hurtful part of this is, is that they're using my 14-year-old son to beat on me to the point where he has broken my nose, threw me through windows, with this incredible amount of strength out of nowhere. So that's that's my story, Gail. But, um, you know, thank you for letting me talk. Okay. Well, um, I have a few questions. Um, thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> and I'm um, sorry that this is happening to you and all of us as TIs. You know, our stories are quite similar Um but each person, I believe, each TI has their own um, unique targeting design that our perpetrators make for us based on our type of lifestyle. So, And I'm really sorry that they're using your son against you. But um, I have it's a question. It's very sickening, the whole yeah. thing with our bodies, too, I mean. Right. Correct. They're trying to treat me as though I'm the inmate now, and that you said that you worked in a um, in a, a jail. Yeah, like every time I sit on the toilet, it's like this is how you do it, and and there's 
it's just very humiliating. It's it's humiliating for all of us, but they know that I really have a hard time now showering and going to the bathroom, so they won't make me go to the bathroom for days. I've heard other TIs um, on other conference calls mention that they've, they feel as though they were given an urge to use the bathroom. Like one, one TI, a female TI said that, she was coming back home from wherever she went, and she was opening the door to her house, and she just automatically felt this urgent urgency to use the bathroom, and she barely made it to the bathroom. I mean, she she literally almost started urinating on herself because it's, the feeling just hit her immediately. And, you know what? Uh, so that's a common thing. They do that with me. When I go out in public, they literally will pull my urine down to make me wet, like I wet my pants in public. Um, Or they'll make me smell like they have literally said to me through voice to skull where it sounds like it's on my wall, but I know now that it's not on my wall. Um, But it, it sounds like they're like talking like that. And they'll say, well, you'll smell today. So if I go into Walmart... People will actually start holding their nose, laughing, pointing. Um, So they have that ability um, to do that. So I don't know if you've experienced that too, where they're, they're, like right now they're hitting my refrigerator. Um, But have they done that to your body as well, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Well, I've experienced a wave of of different things um that are unexplainable uh to me naturally to my physical body my hearing mm-hmm. um my sleep patterns a little bit of everything has has occurred um has affected me because of the this harassment a lot of things um and they do mess with your body they they definitely do um I've had the urgency to use the bathroom, an unexplainable urgency. It's like, you know, I believe that medically, normally, you know, there you go certain times a day or, you know, in a day. But when it's like, I think it's unusual to have an urgency to use the bathroom five or six times a day. I just think that's extreme. Well, in, at one, in one night, I have had the urgency to go five or six times. So that, to me, is not normal. I went seven times. I urinated seven times in one hour, and it wasn't trickling. It was full bladder. Oh, wow. I don't believe that that is a normal occurrence. That has to be a manipulative occurrence. That's what I believe. Are you experiencing that um, as well, voice to skull? Like when you're in the shower, do they, like, force you around and... Well, no, I don't. I, I don't know about the shower part, but um, I, I would like to ask you a few more questions before I share my story, if you don't mind. Sure. No, not at all. You said that you're not originally from South Carolina. Where did you say you're, the original state you're from? From New York, and New I've York. been. In, yes, ma'am. I've been in uh, South Carolina for four and a half years. It'll be well, five years. Okay, so uh, what made you um, come to South Carolina to live? Well, what happened was 
I um, started having a lot of conflict at my job, and I left, and I went out on disability. Um, They gave me uh, the fibromyalgia diagnosis, and I received disability on my first try. So during that time, I just one night I was playing on the computer, and it said, oh, you were pre-approved for a home loan. But I couldn't afford to live in New York, and you know, with what I was approved for, because I'm a single mom. So that's why I originally, and this is the strange part, when I was thinking of moving, I went to go to North Carolina by Camp Lejeune. And why I picked that area, I don't know. Um, but my son didn't like it, and we went back to New York. And then a friend said, "Why don't you go back and look at the Myrtle Beach area?" And my son loved the beach at the time, and here I am. Okay. Well, um, it it was a financial issue why you didn't uh, continue to live in New York? Yes. Okay. Were they targeting you there a lot, more than here, or was it like the same? No, I am getting, when I look back on it now, I believe all the pains that I had back then and all the electrical problems with my car as a kid, teenager, my first car caught on fire and it was deemed an electrical fire. Um, So that's why the past couple of weeks I've been reflecting back on it and I'm like, you know what, my targeting has been since I was young, which they told me through Voice to Skull and they were first exposing themselves to to this program. They told me, well, we killed you when you were five. Um, And I thought about that the other day, and I'm like, five years old, I was probably in first grade, and I was left back in first grade for emotional reasons. That's what was told to my mother. Um, But the direct targeting in the Voice to Skull is when I, it it started here, uh, just this past May is when I started hearing them talk to me, but they make me so aware of it all of the time. It's 24-7. Okay, so um, the reason why I asked that question was because I'm trying to get, that's why the, the, this group, I decided to start this group in South Carolina because it's, I don't believe we have a voice, uh, a big voice in the TI community, and I wanted to get sort of a, a synopsis of how um, TIs in South Carolina are affected by this harassment. And so with you being from New York, but you've been in South Carolina for several years, I just wanted to to get a, a an understanding of the strength of the targeting here. Oh, it's, and um, I, I just asked you to give a comparison. I wanted to find out if the the targeting has uh, intensified since you moved. Oh yes, from New here. York. That oh, was most, the original question. Yes, most definitely. And then you you also mentioned voice to skull a lot. So would you say that the voice to skull was was more Only prominent here. here in South Carolina more so than in in New York? Never in New York. It it only happened to me here. Okay. And I have five cell towers that have just went up all around my home. Okay. Well, that's that's a, a commonality here in South Carolina. Um, 
there's a lot of voice to skull um harassment. Um I receive voice to skull harassment. So I just wanted to find out from you if if that's a commonality in your targeting and you said yes. And what about sleep deprivation? Is that something that you've suffered as well? Well, what they did to me originally was um, I was suffering from severe chronic fatigue syndrome. But when this first happened to me, they made me feel as though, well, we're going to help you. And they kept me up for days straight with no sleep, whereas I was bedridden. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm... Now they're, they don't do that to me anymore. They do that to my son, but they wake me up during the course of the night and they mm-hmm. put... They induce dreams in me, um, weird talking, like weird voices. Um, they tried to make me feel like I was swallowing my tongue in my sleep one night. Um, mm-hmm. Saliva, uh, just all kinds of strange things, but severe voice to skull, especially with the holidays here, it's it's, in, mm-hmm. it's increased a lot, a lot. Yeah, I think that, well, my belief is that the targeting increased during, increases during the holidays. That that's my um experience. Um I don't I don't know about other TIs, but it just seems like you would think and I made a joke about this with the last call. I said you you would think that because of the holidays they would go on vacation, our perpetrators. But right. it seems to intensify the, the targeting seems to intensify in my opinion around the holidays. But yes, um sleep deprivation is something else that, that is a challenge that's been, you know, affecting me through my targeting. Um, my um, sleep deprivation, it happens in, um, they they do time factors with me. Like every four hours, I wake, I'm, woke, I'm waking up by an electrical shock. I get a, a surge of electricity, mm-hmm. like jolt, a jolt of electricity mm-hmm. that makes you jump makes your nerves jump on the inside or makes mm-hmm. you jump on the inside and wakes you up and makes your heart race. Mm-hmm. That's what I experience. Like every four hours it'll it'll happen and on certain days they'll allow I, I won't feel it and then I'm I'm able to sleep. But then on other days I'll get that jolt every four hours. So that's how it is with me as far as sleep deprivation. And the voice right. of the skull did not was not an initial thing in my targeting. That came later. My my first experience in the being targeted was someone manipulating the computer system at my at that place of employment that I had at that time in two thousand and one. They um they found a way and I didn't know a whole lot about IT at that time. I didn't know that they could uh, remotely access computers from a from another location. I, I had no knowledge of that. I have it, you know, now I do, but at the time I didn't know how they were doing it, but I would be sitting in front of my computer doing my work and, you know, my my work would be on the computer. Then the next second the work would disappear and I would have to start all over again. They were able yeah. to delete the work that I had just completed, and I would end up staying late hours trying to duplicate one item that I had worked on all day that they kept erasing. And so that was my first experience with the harassment. 
And then I would get crank calls, people pretending to be clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hear laughter in the office. I, my assumption at that time was that people in the office um, in another department would call, pretending to be a client, and call my number mm-hmm. because then I would hear laughter mm-hmm. in the office from a distance. So I, I assumed they were playing on the phone and they would they deleted my work they um they gave me the silent treatment you know once i was greeted and spoken to and and included in conversations and then before i knew it i i was isolated and whenever i entered the floor that i worked on you would hear talking and as soon as they saw my face everybody would stop talking you know, just the room would get yeah. to a dead silence. You know, yeah. and and that's how it st- you know started with me. It wasn't until after I just abruptly quit that that job. I just qu- abruptly resigned. I left a letter, and I walked away. And then uh, that's when I was hunted from my residence, my place of residence at that time. I was run down in the street. Uh, I was tailgated all the way to my front door by a car, um, and then they would immediately you know, make a U-turn and drive off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mobbed in stores, you know, crowded. I'd walk in a store that had hardly anyone in it, and then in, within the next five minutes the store would be crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, there'd be no one at the checkout counters in a store uh-huh. that I walk in, but as soon as I get to the checkout counter, I have a line of five or six people behind me within the next two minutes of me walking up to the counter, you know, stuff like that. Um, scenarios, as you had mentioned earlier, um, people, you know, driving uh, hilariously in front of me, flashing lights. Yeah. Um, uh, I, same color cars would would right. it would circle around me as I drive up and down the street. They would always have to have certain um, business vehicles pass by me, like a, for example, uh, like a FedEx or UPS truck would have to pass me every day, mm-hmm. or an emergency vehicle would 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 blazing sound would have Mm -hmm. to you know fly by me you know certain colors um color cars people um, joggers would have to jog past me at the same time no matter what street i turned on there would be a a jogger passing me by you know stuff like that they would do that repetitively every day yes and um you know those are those are the things and i think with me it's it's more psychological harassment than physical. I mean, even though I get the sleep deprivation, um, I believe I get the sleep deprivation, and I also believe the voice of skull is is a prominent thing in my targeting, but um, I mainly get the psychological, you know, with the scenarios and the street theater and the mobbing in stores, and, and you know, I, I call them decoys. And what I, what I mean when I say decoys is because I'm single, um, they, I have been approached twice by men that I knew that my perpetrators had assigned to proposition me. Oh, that happened and to me. Yeah. They they showed up out of the clear blue on one of my work assignments and started talking to me. And every time I would walk past them, they would be there. I would walk somewhere and then they would appear and then start trying to flirt with me. And and they never asked me out. They just flirted. Mm-hmm. And I, when I rejected them or I didn't pay attention to them, they disappeared. Mm-hmm. The first time they did it, I was sitting at my desk, and um, and it was so calculated 
and and obvious that I called it the first time they did it. Um, my coworkers at that time who were totally into the targeting, they were actually, I think, affiliated directly with the people who were actually messing with me. They asked me what my type of man was, and I jokingly made up something. The same, within that following week, the same description I gave to them was exactly how the decoy looked when he came up to me. Mm-hmm. and started flirting with me, which I knew was a setup when he walked in and, and asked me out and everything. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. these people are evil. <laughs> well, to make you laugh, too, they know that I have a deep admiration and I genuinely care for elderly. Mm-hmm. So I'll have 80-year-old men proposition me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That are married, single, this wow. one guy that goes to the gym where I go, he came up to me the other day and said, Donna, it was so weird. He's 70 years old. I had this urge just to hit you in your rear end. And this is somebody that I know at the gym. And I said, "Wow." well, and his wife is a Christian. I said, well, it's a good thing you didn't. You know, we started laughing. But they do that to me too. So mm. they know that... Um, like, I'll have garbage men, and I'll have all in one day, all of a sudden, the same type of men will all of a sudden say, oh, my gosh, you're gorgeous. Your eyes are beautiful. They're all mm-hmm. saying the same thing from different can places. I, yeah, can I ask you a question about that? Mm-hmm. Um, was it like that initially when they started that, or were did you um, – have experienced any kind of rejection by the opposite sex? Because that's what they did to me initially. They told every man in my area of town, I'm, I mean, I believe they, they had informed them that that I was not to be messed with or I was not to be yes. approached because yes. they wanted, they, they called it a social experiment. They wanted to see what, if I had a breaking point, if no one, communicated with me especially men no i i wouldn't i i couldn't i didn't date for years you know they they wanted to see if i would fall apart or you know have a nervous breakdown if there was no man in my life and then they tried another social experiment where they tried to have lesbians approach me you know and stuff like that just to see what my reaction is because i am heterosexual i am not gay so they're like they're because they isolated me for so long, they figured, well, maybe she'll switch teams, quote-unquote, and, and they had them approach me. So, They've you know, I was wondering if they did the same thing to you. Yes, they keep telling me that I am gay, hmm. um, that I'm gay. Um, they're all male voices. One tries to sound like a female, and he's talking to me now saying Sheila because it's someone that I knew mm-hmm. who was gay. Um and they literally, and again, at that time, I was under severe mind control. I I, um, I almost touched a woman's breast one day, and it was like I knew I would never do that, but it was like, did they do that with you where they will give you like an impulse or they'll jerk your hand or your head no. while you're driving? No. Yeah. Um T I females, it's happened to them too. Yeah, well mainly they, they use the they tried to persuade me to be interested. 
They try to persuade me to either become a complete whore Mm-hmm. Because after they did the experiment with me not having any men approach me, they they pretty much, I believe, made men reject me on purpose just to see how I would react to that. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't, when I continued to um, have an, uh, an even temperament in public, because I guess they expected me to have this, I don't know, I don't know what they expected, but... I didn't give them what they expected. So as a result of that, they decided, okay, well, you know, she she didn't fall apart. So let's see if we can, like, throw her, a, a, you know, a man or two in her path and see which, how she reacts to that. And that's yeah. when those two guys that they gave. One, I could swear up and down he was he was gay. But they had him approach me and proposition me. I'm looking at this guy. He was just as infeminate. I was like, there is no way this guy is interested in me. I'm like, I'm saying to myself, I don't know what who they think I have a taste for, who they think my pref what my think what they think my preference is. But gay is not a preference. <laughs> so I don't I, understand I how they got a man they who know. is already gay <laughs> trying to hit I, on me. I think that they actually know that you're not gay, but. They're just going to do that to you. It's just yeah. another form of harassment, like just yeah. like with and the elderly. Like yeah, elderly and with the elderly men hitting on you. I mean, that is so. Re- they take a normal, compassionate um, frame of mind and t- and distort it. They're like, yeah. okay, she has a compassion for the elderly. I wonder if an elderly man will turn her on. You know what I mean? What kind of sick mess is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, that is crazy that they would do something like that to you. But, and that's what they normally do to me. Um, it's always a very elderly man, um, wow. or or somebody who's recently been widowed. Um, mm. Just it's the same scenario. My eighty-five-year-old neighbors up the road. Um, the husband kept coming to my house, and he was so kind. I'm on the telephone. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you have gorgeous eyes, Donna. You have a sparkle in your eyes. But then here's the strange part. The next day, I'll wake up, and whatever they've done to me in the middle of the night, my eyes are so incredibly swollen. Mm. Like I've been crying for months. And they have that way of making you appear different to people, to make Mm. you smell different to people, to make you sound different. Um, hmm. so I don't fall for that either anymore, and that's the sad part because we all should be able to have our own friendships and our own interests and not be forced and have to decipher who really likes us. What I'm noticing looking back since I moved here is everyone that I met was from upstate New York. Really? Everyone. And I kept saying, this is so strange. I keep meeting everybody's from my area. Mm-hmm. And um, now I know why. So you because think you believe that they've um, targeted had people, people, um, people to move to South Carolina just to target you from New York? No, no, no. I think they legitimately moved here, but then somehow they've targeted them to come my way. Oh, and wow. And they're innocent folks in this too because they're just as amazed. I met this woman at church and it was a big congregation and even there my first week at the church a guy squeezed my rear end in church. Wow. 
So, and I remember looking at him, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I laughed, and I said, what are you doing? And he was like, I didn't mean that. I was like, that's all right, I won't tell, and I walked away. Hmm. Do you think that these people that are doing these things to you in public are under mind control? I do. I really do. I I know a lot of people will say, well, they're in on it. I personally don't believe that because I live in a development where there's only two other homes. I have 80-year-old neighbors, and then I have two neighbors who don't speak to either one of us. So for me... And they're only renting here, and they manage at two big restaurants here in this area. And they're, like I said, they're never home. But since they made me aware that I'm a part of this program, cars will come in here. Um, that never, this development, no one ever came in here. Now cars are coming in here all the time, and right away I'm led to my window, and here comes a car. And... Um, The police will sit in our development, and they know that I know a lot of people say, oh, law enforcement is involved. Um, And yes, I did reach out to law enforcement because I thought my landline was hacked, which I know it is because it still makes very bizarre noises. Um, And none of them said, let me call SLED for you. It was always go home and call SLED after I just told them that I think my landline is hacked. Well, at least they told you, um, referred you somewhere with me when, uh, you know, th- that was the first group that I approached when um, someone, I believed someone broke in my car and poured dark soda on the doors on the inside. Mm-hmm. And, and they made a little stick figure in the um, dashboard on the, from the inside of a, it's a stick figure of, of a, someone holding a noose in their hand. And um, I went to the police and I told them what had happened in my car and what I believed happened. And I asked them if they could, like, you know, look through my car, see if they could find anything suspicious or fingerprints. I didn't know when they did it. I don't know how they did it. I just knew that they had broken in my car. But when I had tried to explain this to them, they laughed. They thought it was funny. They said, you know, the the, the typical things a police officer would say to someone Right. giving them this kind of story. They said, well, why would anyone do this to you? Do you work for the government? You know, that's, you know, those are the common questions they ask someone that says that they're being harassed or stalked or whatever. They'll say, well, you know, what type of position, what type of role do you, do you, um, you know, have in, in the workforce? I mean, do you work for the government? Um, uh, are, are you on a court case? Uh, a serious court case, you know, da 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 da, you know. And when I told them no, I, someone broke in my car. They they dropped, you know, dark soda. I have a lighter colored car. They they drove they um, poured dark soda inside the doorway, and they um, drew the stick figure, and, and and it looked like the fabric on the window was pulled up, as if they were able to like finagle and open the doors. Mm-hmm. And everything, and I and I told them, I said, well, if you could just look at the car, you could see what I'm talking about. And they just said, ma'am, when did this happen? I said, I don't know when it happened. I just need you to look at it. I just noticed it today. You know, I'm I don't know when they did it. And then they just started laughing. They said, like, there's no way they could help me. You see, know? that's that's where 
I feel that they were under mind control because I had called the police and he wouldn't even come into my home. He was like, ma'am, um, I can't, I'm not allowed to come into your home. I said, what do you mean? I have a complaint about something going on inside of my house. Ma'am, I'm not able to help you. And he walked away. And I'm like, a police officer does not do that. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I literally saw his head bounce. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that. What do you mean his head bounce? Well, do you ever get hit with direct energy weapons or... Well, I don't know what I get hit with. All I know is that there's like a surge. It feels like an electrical surge mm-hmm. that hits at random, and it'll jolt me. It'll jolt my nerves, and, and then my heart starts racing. That I know. That, See, that I, I get that sometimes, too, and I asked that to Derek on one of the talk shows, and nobody else has ever experienced that, and then my voice to skull said, you're a walking conduit. Hmm. But it makes me feel like sometimes it's so incredibly heavy that I'm going to pass out. You mean like a weight on you? It's like some kind of a, and I use that or word Or energy too, that's so strong. Surge. Yeah. It's yeah, like a surge of energy that's head. strong. Hmm. Yeah. Same so thing. it's like they are using you, to, you know, as a conduit to um, to have energy run through you, through your body. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I told the other TIs on the other call that I had that about how my house is is um, situated. I have an electrical. I have two electrical poles in the backyard. They're on both on the opposite ends of each other in my backyard. And there's one pole that I was. Um, I had no clue that had all of the neighborhood's Wi-Fi services on it um, until this guy from a computer. I mean, from a cable company, drove up and asked, can I get in your backyard, please? And I said, well, what do you need? He said, well, all of the the Wi-Fi is sh- is closed, is shut down in the neighborhood, and, and you have the hub of the, um, the hub pole of the whole neighborhood in your backyard, and if I don't turn it on, no one will have Wi-Fi in the neighborhood. So... It's the major hub. I'm like, no wonder I feel so much electrical energy surging through the house because that is the main hub of the whole entire neighborhood. Oh, my God. For Wi-Fi. So I don't know. Well, I live right down the street from Santee Cooper. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're by an electrical plant. Yes. So, yeah. So maybe that's where we're getting it from. Maybe, because, you know, dirty electricity is real, you know, and it's hard to regulate. I mean, it's hard to control once it's out there. You know, you have have to block it. Do you have a smart meter? Yes, I do. I have a smart meter, and um, I was going to talk about that also, but I'm glad you brought that up. I think it ha- that has something to do with the electrical surges mm-hmm. that we may feel because with the smart meter, the 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 you know the electrical companies when they come by to check the meters, they don't even have to walk in your backyard and, and climb over your fence anymore. They can just point a remote control at your smart meter and get a reading. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe yeah, I called Horry County Electric. Um, mm-hmm. And I told him what I was because mm-hmm. I've been making documentation for years here that there was something wrong with my electricity. Mm-hmm. All these, 
I mean, weird things were happening with my electric here. And so all of that's been notated. And finally, I just told him recently, I said, I have to. Now, I know they're able to buy past that because when we had that last storm, the remnants of Hurricane Matthew, mm-hmm. um, we had no power for two and a half days, and they were still able to hit me with the direct energy weapons. So you think that's coming from the smart meter, even though the electricity was off? No. I Strangely enough, I went outside, and the cell towers were still blinking. Oh, so. that, and that's where it's coming from, you believe. The and then I have solar lighting in front of my home. But then again, mm-hmm. they could be feeding it off of my car battery. Mm-hmm. My car was in the garage, which, and it's 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 so weird. Uh, this woman has a car problem on the side of the road. I help her. She needs antifreeze. It's late at night. I give her the antifreeze. It's in my car. She doesn't say thank you, and she just drives off. So, and this was an elderly woman. She just, oh okay, and. Normal, a regular person would say, thank you so much. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You don't know how much this means to me. She just mm-hmm. said, oh, okay, got in her car like it was not a big deal. Her car was overheating. Two days later, my radiator is leaking. Hmm. Then I help another woman. Um, then I have a problem with my car. My elderly neighbor gets a flat tire. That afternoon, I got a flat tire. So they're doing some mimicking in your life then, mm-hmm. the mimicking. Yeah, yeah that is a common um, tactic that perpetrators use in, in the target's life is mimicking. They mimic they mimic good things and bad things. Like for like when you said um, they had a flat tire, then all of a sudden you had one. Mm-hmm. But they also mimic good things. Like if I change my hair style, they the they will change theirs. If if I get a uh, an item of a certain color, then a lot of people will have the same item of a certain color. I go through thing. that. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's mimicking. They, it's like them letting me know that they are watching me, you know, by imitating but, what I do. But what a lot of targets, they start getting very paranoid, whereas you, Gail, sound like a lot like me, where you're more aware that, no, it's not the whole world is involved that's out to get us, that this is the specific, whatever type of operation you believe it is, whereas a lot of targets I'm finding really believe that it's their next-door neighbors that are doing this to them. Well, I mean, in some certain instances, it is that case that neighbors are involved. I mean, I can't even entirely say that my neighbors are completely innocent of this because okay. when I first moved into this neighborhood, um, I noticed a lot of strange occurrences around my neighbors. Um, it, it seemed like a, a police car. It looked like an unmarked car. It looked like a car that was given for auction but bought, and then they painted uh, right. over it, and it had right. a police light on it. And, you know, it was a black-and-white car. It was an older model car, the older model police cars, the long the the long looking, you know, the Lynx cars, the Crown Royal cars that they used to drive a long time ago, but it was black and white, and it had a red police light on top. And I noticed that this same car was parked across the street at my neighbor across the street when I first moved, and then it was parked 
in the um, driveway of one of my neighbors that's right next to me, the same car. And, you know, I don't know if that has something to do with my targeting or not. I just noticed that the same police car, weird-looking police car, <laughs> was well, parked in front of each you. neighbor that I had. <laughs> I have to share this with you. When I first moved here, all these strange things were happening in my development. There's two other homes. One person, I had met Heather Elvis. I don't know if you know that case, the Heather Elvis case. Um, She's not, a I don't remember. Girl. Oh. In, uh, from South Carolina. She's missing. Mm-hmm. I had met her the week before, um, and she's been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, then what happened was um, there was this kid stealing of all things sewer grates, but only in front of my house. Mm-hmm. So I catch him. Then I have people that move in across the street at this house that they were renting to. These people were from upstate New York, and they called themselves the 24-7 boys. And they ultimately were arrested. Their house was swarmed on my mother's deceased, but strangely enough, um, their house was raided on my mother's, what would have been her birthday, and there was like 15 guys living in a two-bedroom. And... Then my elderly neighbors go away, and here's this man drives up and is climbing their roof, and he was from North Carolina. And I kept stumbling on, there was a pedophile that was wanted. I run into him in CVS, and my neighbors are all saying, wow, you should have stayed on the job. You're like catching all these criminals down here. But it was part of them being put in my way to see that, mm-hmm. because this has never happened to me. Like even my son, we were my. I have a 29 year old son that still lives in New York, and I'm a grandmother. And I remember us laughing. He was like, "Ma, what's going on down there?" I said, "I don't know." I said, "I'm finding all these criminals, all these strange things, break-ins, um, people that are wanted." People that I talk to now, they're suddenly missing, and it was that was scary, and that still bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if have you experienced? Um, I know for myself, like whenever I've had a problem in my home, I've I, like with my electrical problem, I had a paid an electrician come out to he had to rewire it. He put the box in, and sure enough, he forgot to wire the box. Hmm. The tile guy came in to tile one of my bathrooms. The tiles were all crooked. I had to have gutters just replaced because they were spouting water all over the place. So that these guys come out. They left the old gutters in my yard with the big screws in my driveway. Mm. I had to have a back door replaced. The guy left his garbage all over my backyard. Oh, wow. I had to have my front door replaced, and the guy from Home Depot did not put it on correctly. Like, Have you experienced that? Like, if you have people that come out to do work at your house that the job isn't done correctly? 
That is like not he, my experience. I, I've had other experiences with my house, like with you know with the electrical system, as you mentioned before. When I first purchased the home, um, I did not move in right away. I had to have the place inspected, and there were electrical issues that I wanted corrected. Mm-hmm. And I had asked my um, the contacts for those two jobs that I wanted to be present and to let me know when they were coming out to the home so that I could be present when they did what they needed to do. Well, they decided not to do that. The next call I received weeks later saying, days later, not weeks, days later from my financial advisor saying that the inspections have taken place and your electrical equipment has been set up. And, of course, I'm blaming mad, you know, Uh And I go to my house to look at it. I look at the electrical box. Everything looks normal. But when I'm flipping the switches just to test each room, because I wanted them to put everything on a single circuit, I didn't want anything blown out if I plug too many things in one area and blow everything out. So I wanted everything on a single, on its own circuit. And I tested each circuit in the box. And for some reason, they're mislabeled. Mm-hmm. Like the living room circuit is labeled the bed a bedroom circuit. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm like, okay, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to confuse me? Are they trying to send themselves a code to mess with it when I'm sleeping? I don't know. I'm assuming all kinds of stuff. But um, they were not there when I arrived to look at everything. They had already been there and, and left. They could have done anything. Them. They could have set up cameras, you know, in my mm-hmm. house. They right. could have set up microphones. They could have set up all kinds of wiretapping equipment in my house, and I would have never known because they were in my house for hours, and, and I didn't even know that they were there. No one contacted me or anything. So, you know, I assume a lot since, you know, I've been targeted. I assume that my house is rigged, you know, hot-wired. I, I assume my phone is tapped, um, that the Internet service that I have in my house, I assume, has been tapped into and, Mine you know, too. there's just a lot of stuff, you know, that I know that they've done. I believe that they've done. I don't have, you know, concrete evidence, but, you know, the the obvious is there, you know, that, you know, like I I'm talking to you right now, my phone, I can't, the volume on my phone is on high completely all the time. I can turn, the, I have a down arrow to turn the volume down, but it doesn't turn down mm-hmm. because I believe there is a microphone in this phone so that they can hear what I'm saying to you. So we experience pretty much the same thing then because um, I would tell the workers too, um, like they would give me a time where we'll be there at 12. They'll show Mm -hmm. up at 8 in the morning Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm still in bed or whatever. And I'm like, when I first moved here, I, I remember saying to myself, what is it with the workers down here? They say between... 12 and 2, and they show up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm not mm-hmm. even showered or dressed. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed that was the pattern, and I thought, okay, that's just maybe how they work. And I remember telling a couple of people, um, well, you told me you would be here between 12 and 2. It's 8 in the morning. Like, just the strangest things were happening. But, you know, again, the sad part about this is since, I've been, you know, 
with the voice to skull. They've been very cruel, throwing wasps in my eyes, hmm. stinging me rocks. I've changed my windshield three times in one month, so I had to hmm. finally um, get so They're actually protection. doing a lot of property damage to you. They're damaging yeah. your car. They're damaging your, your, your house. I moved here, Gail, with no debt, no credit cards. Now I have probably 15 credit cards and a whole lot of debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the builders, some things were warranted for the first year. But mm-hmm. he was getting so aggravated with me. He's like, even my neighbors said, what is going on with your house? I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the stranger part. They're 80. And they went north for the holidays, and they came over the other day when I wasn't home, Mm -hmm. and they bought me a flashlight for Christmas. Oh. Yes. Hmm. So, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to sleep, and here comes my 14-year-old son flashing the flashlight in my eyes Mm -hmm. and cracking up laughing. Um. It's just it's just an awful thing that they're doing. And uh, I'm just thankful that you started a group for South Carolina. I know there's one other gentleman that lives 10 minutes from me um, who I met on Derek's call. And um, we met at the library. And he offered me some suggestions, uh, magnets. He brought me some charcoal mm-hmm. pills, and it's still the same thing. I would love to say that it's working, but you know. But I take the charcoal pills because they're supposed to detoxify your body. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've experienced that too, where some days you have really bad cravings for food, where you're just so incredibly hungry. I don't know if that has anything to I mean I'm I'm going based on what my own belief system on on that. I really don't believe that that's a part of targeting. The cravings of uh, hunger cravings and it could be. I don't know, but I think it's a normal um you know body thing to crave foods at a certain time and then on other at other times not want to eat because I've you know regularly naturally have a craving for certain foods sometimes right. and then at other times I go through this um this this state where I'm not I'm not hungry at all mm-hmm. and I'll eat small meals and and not be hungry for anything or I'll eat one time a day and not and that would be good for me for the rest of the day. So I think that's a normal biological thing. Uh, I could be wrong. They may force hunger on you. I, I'm not sure but you know, I just think that's a normal body occurrence. Right. But um, so how, like, have you, like, I know personally I've been to the FBI um, office. Mm-hmm. I made a complaint with them. I've written to Governor Haley. Mm-hmm. I've made a complaint with her. I'm just trying to find out how we can get more involved in our community here in South Carolina yeah, and that's the, 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 the goal of this call. Um, my goal was to develop a public awareness campaign for South Carolina TIs. And um, I wanted to start with, you know, 
having a peaceful, um, organized rally on the state house grounds. Okay. Regarding um, targeting in South Carolina, and I wanted to, um, with future calls, this call was not the call that I wanted to discuss this, but okay. I, I'll just let you know. Um, with the next call, I would like to talk more about the public awareness initiative as well as some information that I found online regarding South Carolina codes. There are codes against electronic harassment and stalking, and um, I just wanted to bring that to the forefront. I wanted that to be the platform, part of the platform, the, the South Carolina codes against electronic harassment and stalking. So I wanted to, you know, I was hoping for a larger turnout, um, but I'm glad that you showed up, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was going to be the topic of my next call. Okay. Uh, there's another, like I said, there's a gentleman who actually started with Ella and Derek, and he kind of is off of TalkShoe now. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't mind, um, he said that he had spoken to you some quite, you know, a long time ago. What's uh, his name? Ken. His first Ken? name? Yeah, I spoke with Ken. I I talked to Ken through uh, another TI I met in um, Charleston okay. uh, named Lauren. Lauren introduced me to Ken because she knows him as well. And okay. she's a TI, and I've met her in person. And I've never met Ken in person, but I have spoken with him. He lives... Um Probably he lives in Myrtle Beach, right? He lives actually in Loris. Oh, okay. um, he's an older gentleman. We met up at the library. Um, we talked. We t- mm-hmm. He's written numerous letters to the editors here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a book, a religious book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a Christian man, so he mm-hmm. gave me a copy of a religious book that he has recently written that he's publishing. Mm-hmm. Um and we both said the same thing. We have to try to get more involved in our area to see. Now, um, he's pretty much off the grid where he's at. Mm-hmm. He, and he's still getting targeting. I don't think he gets voice to skull. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember his story. I just remember speaking with him. I remember him having a quiet, calm voice. Yes. And um, and then he told me, you know, about where exactly his his home is located. I mean, as far as positioning, it's like away from the water. And he said something about the targeting is different based on how close you are in certain areas they, where he is. And um, he, you know, he was a really nice guy, very um, calm, toned voice and everything, and hopefully he can participate in one of our um, next TI calls. I, I really wish our, our participation were, were higher. I emailed everyone that emailed me. I, I think I emailed roughly eight people. And I think there's so many people out there that know knows that there's something strange going on but just doesn't have that voice to skull like we do. Well, a lot of TIs, well, not South Carolina ones that I've spoken with have, they do have the voice, they experience the voice to skull. Um, Do they use people's names that you know, Gail? Um, Use their names? What do you mean? 
with the voice to skull. There, uh, have have I heard anyone who's had their names used? No, but I remember speaking to another TI in South Carolina. Her name is Rose. I met her in person as well, and she said she was experiencing heavy voice to skull, and she said that they would just blurt out insults to her. They never called her name, but they just said they would say things like "you bitch," you know. Yeah, they Why don't you just die? Me. You know, and say something yeah. like that, you know, to her. You know, but with me it was it's it started with insults and then as I ignored them as I usually do, um it started with you know, threats saying we're going to do this to you forever. Mhm. And then later on in my targeting um when it didn't cause any kind of reaction, I guess. They weren't expecting, they they were expecting a reaction and they didn't get it. Then they always switch it up. Then they switch the dialogue. Then it's like, well, this year is the last year we're doing this to you. And they've said that several times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. They've said that to me too. If you do this, we won't bother you anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do that, we'll go away. Mm-hmm. But it's always ill. I hear it all the time. It's mm. ill, ill when I'm on the toilet, when I have to take a shower. Hmm. Anywhere yeah, a I lot go, of people. I'm sorry. Everywhere I go, they talk to me, even in public. When I'm around people, they're they're still talking. Hmm. And they're like, "Are you ready?" And then all of a sudden, this guy will come over to me and say, "You have beautiful eyes." So yeah, I think, you know what, I think there should be more research done on voice-to-skull transmissions. Mm-hmm. I think we should have a, a some kind of research done on it, and then we bring the information that we have about it on the conference call, because I really am fascinated with this. I've learned a thing or two regarding voice-to-skull when I read it on the Internet. It said where it came from. You ever heard of a neurophone? It's a oh. it's a device that's used with people who are clinically deaf. It's to help them hear sounds without it projecting from their eardrums because their eardrums obviously are are not functioning. So the the clicks there there is like a consistent patterns of clicks and sounds that are generated through the brain waves of deaf people, clinically deaf people, so that they can form words. So. They're saying that maybe this voice to skull machine it derives from these neuro this neurophone machine because it it, it gives the same um, type of of rea- of effect. It's like clicks and humming because it mine it started with clicks and humming too, and then it was words. So right, you know, I don't know if if you've heard of that before. I have never heard of that, so you just taught me something, so thank you. But um, well, I did a lot of reading when I first realized that something strange was going on in my life, that this was not all negative coincidences, that this was someone was actually doing something to me. I, I immediately ran to the Internet. I keyed in everything that I was experiencing because I didn't even have a name for it. I didn't know what gang stalking was. I didn't know. I've never heard of electronic harassment. All I did was key in how I felt. I said electrical shock. I said can't sleep, sleep, you know, deprived. 
um, waking in the middle of the night, you know, da 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 da. I keyed in everything that I was feeling, and then I came across the um, the term gang stalking, and that's when I first learned about it. And I found out about Derek, you know, when he was with Freedom from Covert Harassment and Surveillance. Right. And that's when I reached out to one of the um, the calls there, and it happened to be Leslie from Michigan, and she had a call on Wednesday, and she was the first person I contacted to to let know that I felt that I was a target. And she introduced me to someone in South Carolina that was experiencing the same thing, and she's from Aiken, South. The lady that she introduced me to, the TI, is in Aiken, South Carolina. And um, You know and, what the frightening part for me, Gail, is mm-hmm. I shared this with um, with Ken, and I've told a couple other people, with, I know they call them handlers, but I, I don't like that term. But hammers, handlers, handlers. Oh yeah, I've heard oh. that term, and that I think that's a proper term for them, because that's what they're doing. They're they're handling our lives. Well, you know what's frightening is that they're letting me know of things in advance that actually happen a couple of days later, like we're doing this and we're going to do that, and they're horrific things. Mm. So they tell you before they do them. Right, and I'll give you the latest one, well, one of them, and I was so tempted to reach out to Governor Haley because it really needed, it's sad because an an innocent individual is probably going to be locked up for life behind this. It was... um, the gentleman that was driving the school bus before Thanksgiving, and he suddenly went off to a different road that he'd never taken before. He accelerated in speed. The bus flipped over. Five children died. The sixth child died on Thanksgiving Day. That, that's what's bothering me with mine. Mm. Because... And they said, oh, don't ever share that. Oh, don't ever call the police if they're telling. See, now they're bringing my son down here. So I might have to mute myself um, because sure. they don't want me to I share wanted, that. I know. I want to ask you about your son, too. One qu- one or two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have to mute yourself, that's fine. Um, as far as I know you said that he, they're, you believe they're using him to um, get to you, to harass you through him. Most definitely. Um, So I wonder if he's aware that he's being used, and if he is, would he be willing to talk on the conference calls and and let us know how he feels, his experiences, or, you know, when he's talking to you in a certain way, does he know that that's not him that's saying that? That it's someone else trying, um, letting, making him say that, or or he feels making make is making him say things to you? Absolutely not. He's oh. um, he keeps saying, "My, you're crazy." Um, I know what you're thinking. And even the other day, um, I was thinking. Well, I thought I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, about a bicycle I received as a child, and the name of the bike was Sweet and Sassy. Mm -hmm. Later on that afternoon, now my son doesn't know anything about this. Mm -hmm. Later on that afternoon, he goes, oh, my, you're so sweet and sassy. Oh, wow. But then, like tonight, um, 
my whole life is dedicated to my son. He's mm-hmm. never seen me with any other men. I've been with him alone for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening is it's like he's my husband or my dog is my husband. I mean, they have said some pretty atrocious things to me, like go suck your dog's and then my dog will be oh, all over me, and then my terrible. dog is neutered. Yeah, he's neutered, but then his thing will be hanging out. Mm. So they're really they're really playing with your head. They're really messing with you. And guess what my dog's name is? And I bought him the first month I lived here. His name is Dew. Oh. Direct Energy Weapon. Oh. So they know, I even have said that to them, my dog was um, very sick. He had a very strange bacterial infection in his ears. And I've said, he wouldn't let me put the medicine in his ear. And I'm like, you know what, you guys, you actually know you named my dog. Let me put this medicine in his ears. Sure enough, the dog was still as can be. So they're using these electrical surges mm-hmm. to control the people that you're the or or Living items with. or things that you're closest to, like your dog yeah. and your your son. Yep, that is that's so extreme. Um, but that's my that's what I was trying to um, address because at this point, my son is biracial, and. I thought in the beginning that maybe it was because he's a biracial child. That was my targeting. But then they'll show me things like when I go out, and they'll purposely show me this. If I go to the gym, the next, I said, what is it? Is it because my son is biracial you're doing this to me? Um, Because I've had white men come up to me and say, oh, you're white trash. That was in New York and here. And then all of a sudden, trash will start coming out of the garbage dumpsters and garbage um, garbage men's trucks hitting my car. Well, you I know, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just thought it was because of that. Well, you know, now, you're from you know you're in the hub of of Dixieland, USA. You know that, right? I do. So discrimination but, is a big thing here. But I also <laughs> especially believe, if you're of African descent, like myself. Well, I also well, my son is, but. Um, my, I also thought that this is the main reason maybe to do, um, a race war. Um, but then it was strange. The next day I would go to the gym and I would see nothing but white men and black men working out together or a white gentleman going over to an African-American gentleman and they slapping each other five, shaking hands, hugging each other, then working out. So I don't believe that anymore. But do they have that ability to cause to cause civil unrest? Most definitely. Do I think it has happened? I believe Dylan Roof was under mind control. Yeah, I don't believe that this was a mind control causing civil unrest. I don't believe that's mind control. I believe that that is a, a level of hate perpetrated in public. Um, it's a it's a lack of understanding of someone else's culture. And because of a lack of understanding, um, you know, the stereotypes happen and then confusion and then agitation and then hostility and then discrimination. I think it's it's an it's a 
it's a evolving thing. I don't think that has anything to do with mind control. Yeah, I, especially yeah. living especially in South Carolina. I mean, the history of of discrimination in South Carolina is evident that it has nothing to do with mind control. It 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 was a, a practice that was brought here. Right. So it, it couldn't be mind control. It it's something that was formulated from hate. And and you know, a dominating attitude, a controlling attitude. That's where discrimination comes from. I don't think it's mind control. I think they know what they're doing when they're doing it. It's not an involuntary reflex to be discriminatory. I think right. that is 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 purposely done. You someone is learned behavior. Right. I believe that in some instances, but then some that I know that they have told me I know. Like the thing with the bus driver, I my heart breaks for him because I know they told me this two days prior to it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. they, I know because they've had me directed off of a road. They've had I you do what? I literally went up a one-way road. I the wrong I way. Know, yeah, a oh. wrong, a wrong at Broadway at the beach. Oh. No one beeped their horn at me. Hmm. And then an hour later, I'm going to the post office, and here goes a woman going up the one-way road. And, hmm. they, and then they're specifically showing me that, that we have that power with your brain. I'll go to, I went to Walmart one night, and this is just amazing how this follows me. I go to the hospital, fire alarms, lights go out. I go to another hospital, fire alarms, lights go out. I went to Walmart the other day, um, and the store blacks out. So I said to the woman, um, I was going up to the checkout, and I said, oh, what happened? She said, we don't know. This is the strangest thing. I said, is the whole mall out? She said, no, just our store. Hmm. So I couldn't purchase anything. I left the store. The next day I went back because I was trying to go Christmas shopping. I said, what happened last night? She goes, we don't know. That was that was the strangest thing ever. Yeah, so, I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen twice mm-hmm. where the store shuts down, the electrical system automatically shuts down when I bring my items to the counter. And because cash registers are digital now, Mm-hmm. And computer, they're they're totally connected to computer systems. So when the power goes out, nothing works. So the I'm bringing my item up to to the cashier, and as soon as I put my stuff down, the power goes out, and I'm sitting there, you know. Yeah. And so that's and that's happened more than once. So and also um, uh, earlier in my targeting, I think this is when they started putting. And this is, I'm guessing, they're putting implants in my purse and in things that I carry because when I walked in, I remember I walked into a Staples one time just to look for some items, some office items. And I walked, you know, they have the little metal detector bars on either side of the door when you walk in, you pass by them. Well, it seems like every time I walk past them, the alarm went off. So, of course... The store manager is assuming I'm taking something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. the alarm goes off. Um, they said, 
uh, let me see your purse, you know, look through my purse. They didn't see anything. I said, okay, can I go now? They're like, yes. So I walk again. The alarm goes off again. I said, I don't have anything on me, you know. I didn't have a jacket on. I I turned out my, my pockets. I said, I have nothing on me from this store. And then some of the workers looked at each other and they started smiling, you know, smirking almost. And then they said, okay, we'll just go ahead. I said, well, what? why does the alarm, your alarm system go off? And they laughed and they said, oh, I don't know, just go on, you can go ahead, you know. Let me just share with you recently what happened to me. I had radiator problems, so I brought my car to the mechanic, and my he said I needed an oil pan as well. So he says, oh, you're going to have to leave the car for a couple of hours. I said, okay. So I dropped the car off early in the morning, and um, I walk over to the library while he's working on my car. I come back hours later to get my car. He forgot to do the water, um, the oil pan. But miraculous, miraculously, he saw that one of my headlights was out. Now, I didn't even bring my car in for that, but my headlight was out. So he changed the headlight, he fixed the radiator problem, but he forgot to put the oil pan in. One of the main reasons. So I understand what you're saying. It just seems like it's more of a waste of your time. Hmm. Like, And you know what you have to be mindful of, which I'm just starting to look at my receipts. I took my son out to eat the other day, and I told you we'll go to the happy hour because it's half price. And the woman charged me regular price. Now I'm looking at the bill and I'm like, wait a second, this it's supposed to be five dollars, you charged me eleven. Oh, I'm sorry. And even that, like, um, I'll ask for the bill three or four times. And she's still the waitress in different places. They're just walking around. Yeah, I think they do that to agitate you. They, mm-hmm. I think the goal of, of perpetrators when they do stuff like that, when they do things that are out of, you know, that are supposed to make you react, they want you to say something outlandish or get upset. They want you to say do something that's aggressive or assertive so that they can, you know, single you out and say, you know, see, she's crazy. See, look how she's acting. She's a crazy person. You but know? you see, that's I don't do, do that. But you know what I do do is, and I feel bad, but I I leave less of a tip. But I, I well, that's I, your yeah, that's your right and privilege. But yeah. um, the the goal of them avoid you know acting like they can't hear you when you when you ask for your check or or overcharging you and stuff like that. They want you to throw a hissy fit in public about it. They want you to get verbal. They want you to get loud, prof- profane, anything. They want to make you look like a crazy idiot in public so that they can create a pattern of you being out of control. And that's why they do things. They want to pull, they're trying to find your button, trying to push the right button to make you go off so that they can say, okay, this person is crazy. She is a threat to society. She needs to be locked up. She needs to go to a mental institution, something, you know, because she is not stable. They want to make you look as unstable as possible in public. Well, so you have to keep your mind. Of... You got to keep your mind um, calm in public when they do things like that. You have to make sure your behavior is under your control and not theirs, 
and it's it's a practice. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do, but it's not impossible either. Right. Today a vehicle cut me off, Mm -hmm. and a normal reaction is to honk your horn, so I honked my horn. Mm-hmm. And then another car came and cut me off on the other side, and I honked mm-hmm. the horn. But then it's like we have to punish her now. She knew that was us that did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's like said, rewards and punishment. Reaction. <laughs> yeah, they want you. They they want you to react that way. When people cut me off, or they'll they like to wait till I drive up almost to the edge of a block, and then they'll just turn right in front of me causing me to slam on brakes because if I yep. kept going at the speed that I was going when they turned, we would have collided. So they 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 do a, a sharp turn in front of me really fast, and I have mm-hmm. to slam on brakes. So they want me to react in a crazy way when that happens. They, and when they did, they cut you off a couple of times. You know, they want you to blow your horn, flip them off. You know, they want you to react that way. It's like they like negative reactions. They like it when you're upset or if your nerves are are jittery and they want to keep you at a state of unrest. So they'll do stuff like that in public. That's why I said you have to be in total control of your emotions when you're in public. Right. Well, today I did honk my horn and I said it out loud. Oh, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I I said that should be a, that is a normal reaction. If it is a normal reaction. Hit your car. I didn't flip them off, but I I honked my horn because I'm watching all these other cars being cut off, and they're purposely showing. Well, look, we're in this person's car too, and they're cutting each other off, and we're mm-hmm. going to cause an accident. And everybody's smiling and driving and all out of it. Mm-hmm. And um. That's not a normal reaction. If somebody's about to hit your car, you obviously would honk the horn like, hey, what are you doing? Well, yeah, that's true. I didn't necessarily mean the honking of the horn part. Right. But, meant, you know, if you yep. if you had taken it further with the flip-off. or And I've seen people who've gotten in almost collisions and almost accidents, and they'll stick their head out the window and start cussing the person out. What mm-hmm. the f? You know that's the reaction I believe our our um, perpetrators want. They want us to run the person down if they cut off. Road rage. Blow the horn while foolish. we're running them down. We're tailgating them all the way back them into a dead end street and just get out and start you know acting crazy. You know that's what I think that's the reaction they're looking for. Well, how are you doing now with work? Are you doing better? What do you mean doing better? Um, like are you I know you said that you're working so you're able to you're functioning well at work. I mean, you're uh, Well, when I said I'm able to function, I meant financially. I've had to budget myself and and figure out how to better manage the little money that I am given right. so that I can take care of myself because um the previous job I had, I was I was I believe I was perped off of that job. I did absolutely nothing wrong on that job. I had that job for 11 years and my intention was to retire from them from that place of employment mm-hmm. and it did not work out. I when I started seeking advancement within that organization, that's when I started getting the um the personal attacks on that job in particular and they really they nitpicked and they they dug and and they they found ways to get rid of me per per se from that okay. position because I had done nothing wrong. 
I had reacted emotionally, as you said, with the car thing. It's normal to blow your horn if somebody cuts you off. Well, it's normal to complain when you feel that you're being disrespected. And so I had made that known. And as a result of me making that known, the people that I say got rid of me believed in their mind it should go, well, I should say and do whatever I want because I am the, I'm your superior and you're supposed to accept it and be grateful that you have a job. So that was their position on it. And we did not resolve it. So as a result, they forced me to resign because the person that believed that I should just accept the negativity that was given to me because they were they had authority, they said they could not work with me anymore. So I lost that job. And then I believe that I was strategically placed on this job that I'm currently working on, and it's, I'm getting paid several dollars less. I've had to be forced to budget my money, as I said before, in order to survive because at first I had a really hard time struggling with bills and other expenses after, you know, I got my first check and it was just really one of the lowest checks I've ever, (laughs) I haven't gotten a check that low since I started working (laughs) in my earlier years. And I had, it was like I was starting all over again. But now I'm I'm at a point now where I'm able to maintain a little better than I did initially. Um, If that makes sense. It does. Have you found anything that helps you relieve some of the targeting? Is there any products that you use or You know, I've I've never used any shielding shielding products. I've heard target other targeted individuals talk about different shielding tactics that they've used that work. I have not found one that works for me. And then but I can't really give that I can't give an objective opinion about shielding because I never really tried it. I I think one shielding method I have tried was to block out um, the computer-generated energy by unplugging everything in that room. I have an office in my house, that I have a room that I converted to an office, Mm -hmm. and I have my computer equipment in it. So they said, well, to uh, reduce the electrical energy generating to your room, your bedroom, you might want to just shut down and unplug everything before you go to bed or shut off the energy in that room. Now, I have tried that, and to some degree it helps. But, you know, they find ways of, you know, you know, overriding things like right. that. But it did work briefly. Yeah, but, no, I, I, I don't really have a whole lot of shielding Tech, you know, techniques or anything. Right. I haven't found anything helpful yet either. Um, mm-hmm. But on your original question, if I can um, ask, you, you asked, did I ever contact anyone? Um, I did talk to the police department, and I have sent out FOIA letters to certain um, law enforcement entities. You know, I, I, you know, the Freedom of Information Act letters. I sent those out. That's what I did initially in my targeting. I I sent letters to um, I sent letters to the IRS. I sent letters to OSHA. 
I sent letters to um, the FBI in this state um, and SLED and everything and requesting any information that had my name on it. And I did not receive any response other than them sign. I sent it certified letter. So they had to have received the letter because they had to sign off on it. I received the green forms back with their signature, but I never received any responses. I received okay. one response, and it came from the police department because I sent them one, and they said that the only record they had was the report that I reported an incident at my home, and I could get that if I paid them a certain fee to get it. And that was the only response I got from all of the Freedom of Information Act letters that I sent out. So they're not trying to help me. <laughs> okay. Right. I they're not to... if they have information, they're they're not trying to make it easy for me to to obtain it. If you see what I'm saying. I I do. I do. <laughs> I uh, I I spoke with Lieutenant Dove from SLED in mm-hmm. Columbia. I spoke with him on the phone. He was very kind and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, he listened to me. Um, he didn't make me feel um, like there was anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say to me, I've never heard of this before. Um, he pulled it up while I was on the phone with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, I would recommend that you call the FBI in Columbia mm-hmm. um, or go to your local office, which I did. Um, the local office really... Um, they kind of referred me to call the main office. Mm-hmm. I called the main office, and um, the woman that answered, the agent, she wouldn't even give me her name. And I, once they said, you know, targeted individuals, she said, um, oh, I can't help you. I said, are you aware of, of it? Yes, ma'am, we're aware of it, but we can't help you. See, now that is what Connie Marshall, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's from Louisville, Kentucky. She ran for mayor. Okay. And I don't know, you can go on YouTube and, and Google her name and see the videos. She's She has lots of evidence of her targeting. And she's, she took the Louisville Police Department to court, and she appeared in court over 21 times, and, the peop- and they never showed up in court and they deemed her mentally unstable. But anyway, she had mentioned in her story, her targeting story, the same thing you just said that they she said that when she reached when she initially reached out to the Louisville Police Department for assistance, she said that they told her that they were instructed not to assist her. Mm-hmm. They told them not to help her. So what you're saying and what she's saying are the same things. They'd never told me directly that they couldn't help me. They just didn't. As a matter of fact, they just all they did was ignore me pretty much. The more I tried to reach out to different entities for answers, the 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 more I was ignored. The only reaction I received that told me some that they knew what was going on was on an army post that I made on a chat post the US Army has a website and they have a chat line on their website on their website and I keyed in what I was experiencing, you know, the electronic harassment, the sleep deprivation and I was reaching out because, you know, the army has all these weaponry 
and all this equipment that they use in war, I figured maybe they could give me some insight on where this may be coming from. So I sent them an email. I received a, a response saying, why would we help you? If we're the ones doing this, why would we help you? Now, why would they write something like that? That was my question to them. I said, who are you? Because the, the name that was that responded was a code name, an obvious code name. And I said, who are you? And they never responded back. That was the only response I received from them when I said that. They said, why? They put a little, a little uh, not a happy face, but one of those face symbols where the, the face is looking with a blank stare saying, well, oh, not very if, professional whatsoever. No, either. and they said, well, what? They said, if we're the ones doing this, why would we help you? I was like, I was floored. I printed it. I, I kept it for record. And then later on, I went back on the site to see if I could see the comment that I made, and they had already erased it. But I have a copy. I have several copies of it. Because I figured, I, I assumed that I would need to keep these for evidence. So I, I, I thank God that I kept them because they're not on the site now. I find that response very peculiar. Yes, I do too. You weren't accusing them. You were just asking them for information. Exactly. So they automatically told on themselves when they responded in that manner, don't you think? Yeah. They That's... let me know that they had something to do with it. <laughs> I believe it's military-based. That was mm-hmm. going to be my next question to you because sometimes I get discouraged because the other night I literally heard a gentleman say, and he's a psychiatrist, well, he's a former psychiatrist who's a targeted individual now. Mm-hmm. He said that, um, and this is, I think, a big problem with the community is that we're all, we don't know who exactly it is, Mm-hmm. But his beliefs were that it's the mafia and that they mm. are digging tunnels under our homes. Oh, wow. I personally believe it's military-based. Um, uh-huh. That's just my belief, that it's well, military. Mm-hmm. Well, in South Carolina, that would be an easy response. That would be more valid, I think, for us because, you know, Fort Jackson is such a huge fort in this area. And... um you know, in South Carolina, so it would it would be easy to say that that they they may have a a role in in our targeting. I believe that also. Um, I know that they have been directing a lot of North Carolinian plates at me everywhere I go. It's mm-hmm. somebody from North Carolina, and like I said, I find that really strange. That out of the whole East Coast and the South. The first place I went to go look at a home was by Camp Lejeune. And oh, I still don't know why I picked okay. that area. Hmm. You know, um, I, and you know what else is so peculiar about that? That you notice that neighborhoods are, there are a lot of neighborhoods around military bases. Mm-hmm. It's like they strategically put um, neighborhoods around them or really close by to them. You know, you yeah. notice that? That that's that's um, suspect to me. I just am disappointed because I noticed that all these cell towers have recently just popped up all over my area. I have WNBF News is 
probably about four miles from my house. They have a big mm-hmm. satellite antenna. My son's high school has a huge satellite in front of it, on the mm-hmm. side of it. Um, I'm looking at three cell towers from my laundry room. I have the airport. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times they'll show me the chemtrails in the sky. Yes. So we've had a lot of that the past couple of days. Um, and just everything seems like a fairy tale, like the mm-hmm. clouds aren't real. I'm le- I'm just learning about all of this, and to me it's just, it's just something I wish I never knew existed. Have you um, gone on the Internet as far as research to the things that you, you don't quite understand? Because that's what I I've been doing. To. I try to, but then they'll direct my son to start fighting with me. Or um, the other night I, I was trying to get on Ellis' call Mm-hmm. Um, there was a gentleman on her call from upstate New York. I heard that. I was on the call. With Michael. He's from the same area where I lived. Mm-hmm. And my sister actually graduated from the culinary. I could not get on that call. They dislocated my internet. Now, how strange is this, Gail? Mm-hmm. Another night, and it's happened to me twice, and that's documented. One was Thanksgiving, and it was the other night as well. I go to pick up the phone. I can't make any phone calls out. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, this number is no longer allowed to make long-distance calls, hmm. international calls, or any calls. The only call I could make out was to HTC. Hmm. So on Thanksgiving, the guy said, oh, that's strange. It was just something happened with the computer, and that was mm-hmm. it. I knew what it was. It happened again the other night, and again, I can only call HTC. Mm-hmm. So the gentleman says to me, uh, oh, um, now this is a strange response, and I was talking to another girl that's a TI out in California, and she said, you know, you got to call the FCC and make a complaint against them, but I don't really want to make any waves with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want any problems with HTC. Yeah. Um, but this is what he said to me. And again, this is not an, a, a professional response. He said to me, well, we see, we think there's fictitious, no, fraudulent activity going on with your phone line. So I said, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What exactly are you talking about? He said, well, we noticed you on a call the other night for three hours. That was long distance. So I said, but I have unlimited, you know, long distance. Mm-hmm. He said, well, normally people don't stay on the phone for three hours. So we shut your phone line off to make sure that it wasn't fraudulent. Oh, my. So what what she said to me was, Donna, and I didn't even realize this either, the professional thing would have been, if you thought there was fraudulent activity on my line, why wouldn't you call me? Why did you disconnect my phone line exactly. and not even notify me? Right, or interject, because I've had calls where the operator has interjected on the call. Like if somebody was trying to reach me mm-hmm. and it was in an urgency, I would be on the phone talking to someone else, and then the operator would come in and say, you know, 
such and such needs to speak with you. It's an emergency. You know, they 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 have a way of intercepting or interjecting themselves in in a conversation from their end. So that would usually happen. Now, I've never heard of anyone just shutting you off completely. That right. that's unheard of. I mean, if you pay your bill, your phone should be on the whole time. Right. So for them that's, to shut you off, that's that's not um, professional. That's illegal, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> well, that can be proof. There's, there, like that's something. Like she was, and even my son's father. When I, he says, I'm trying to get a hold of you, so I don't even know, because I am so isolated now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any family members here. I will. I have mm-hmm. not told. Well, I did go home to New York because my elderly father still lives in New York. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I really didn't know what was going on. I just thought I, I just needed to talk to my dad. I knew I was getting ill and all the strange stuff, and I just wanted to talk to my father. But here's the really eerie part about this. As soon as I get to my father's house, he has a statue right outside of his door of the human brain with two roses in it. What? Mm-hmm. So they targeted my father's home as well. Well. They purposely made me see that. So, and it had two roses in it, and my house is decorated with all knockout roses. My father mm-hmm. is unable to travel here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're hitting my stomach as I'm telling you this. Does he know that you're a target? No, I haven't told um, my eldest son. Um, and my eldest son, when I told him, he said, Ma, I have to tell you something. He said, I believe you. He said, I wanted to talk to you about this. He's 29. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, a few months ago, he goes, I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to think I was crazy. He said, and he works for the electric company in New York. Mm-hmm. He said, I was in um, in a customer's home, and he said, I got this weird sound in my ear, like it was radio waves. Mm-hmm. He said, my heart accelerated so fast. That's what I experienced. That's what I was he trying to explain out. to you. Yes. He passed out. Oh, wow. On the job. Oh, my gosh. But he said, I know what it was. He says, I'm not getting voices like you are. He says, but they're hitting my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. It's making a tapping noise. It's yes. doing that to me. Exactly. Tapping and, and popping, the tapping mm-hmm. and popping noises of appliances. Yes. They do that to me. They've broken so many of my appliances. Yes. Um, and that is a common thing. I've heard that said, so, and, and that's happened to me as well. The the popping sounds, the the cracking sounds. Um, they've never broken house, anything. Right. Yeah, they've never broken anything. But I do hear the popping and the cracking, and and I also hear like something like they're flipping a switch. You know, it's click, click. You know, like you like an old switch, on off switch of an old mm-hmm. building. You can hear the click when they. Um, flip the switch up. That's what it sounds like. Sometimes they—they're doing it now because I'm standing by my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. They're very bold, and every time I um, try to record it, they'll either shut my camcorder down, mm-hmm. 
or they'll stop tapping on the refrigerator. Okay. Have you tried to um, surveil your house yourself, like independently put sur- surveillance cameras to catch anything? I haven't because this is something I shared with some woman the other day, and it's happening her to her too. They're um, setting off my security home alarm system. Really? Yeah. So they're bypassing that. I've had HTC come out, and they said, wow, the battery is completely drained out of your security system. We don't know how long it's been rusted out like this. Hmm. They are, like, draining. Wow. So they're, like, draining the energy out of your appliances and your batteries and everything? Everything. Uh, so I don't, has your phone outside of them cutting it off that time, have you noticed anything strange? Like I told you that it, I, I'm talking to you right now, but it's like I'm talking directly into a microphone. Do you, have you had yeah. any strange occurrences on your telephone? Oh, yes. Yeah. The day of my mother's um, anniversary of her death, um, I'll have people calling me asking for donations for pancreatic cancer research. Really? That she passed away from. Oh, wow. That is so cruel. Breast cancer, yeah. That is so cruel. Early that is in so the cold. Yeah, and um, that's something that I struggled with yesterday and today that I got very emotional about because yeah. um, they're leading my mother. Um, as children, we always celebrated Palm Sunday, big dinners, um, mm-hmm. going to church, Grabbing palm, braiding the palm. It was something that we always did as kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Big family gathering. My mother died of pancreatic cancer Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. So what they were telling me the other night is that they killed my mother. (gasps) They killed my mother. And we always said that, how amazing was it? And I always felt comforted because I'm like, oh, I know my mom went to heaven. Mm-hmm. Look, she died on her on Palm Sunday. She was buried on St. Joseph's Day. Um, she always loved St. Joseph. She would go out and buy St. Joseph's Day cakes and have a big, um, like, dinner. And she was buried on St. Joseph's Day. Mm-hmm. She died on... 316, John 316, Easter fell early that year, so it was Easter week, but, yep, my mom died on Palm Sunday, and they just revealed that to me yesterday, that they killed my mother. Are you sure they're not just saying that to you to to torture you even further? I believe that they really did it, because um, I look back on that whole night, and it was just, calculated it's just uh, gail it's just so super emotional for me um yeah i know i understand i'm I'm sorry the whole the whole thing it was beautiful at the time and i felt so rest assured that my mother was in a in heaven Mm -hmm. um what happened was my mother had pancreatic cancer she survived it for a year and a half um she was going to Sloan Kettering. It was Christmas time. And I got stuck in traffic for 10 minutes right in front of Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Mm. And I said, Ma, look. you got." She says, oh, thank you. I got to see the tree. Then, um, like I said, she, 
she was always with hospice, but she was dying in our home that we mm-hmm. grew up in. And I lived about hour and a half north. So um, that night, everybody in my family decided to go out to eat, and they brought the hospice nurse. I was left alone with my mother, and I was always considered my mom's favorite. And what happened was um, my mother used to sing to me Jim Croce songs and as a child. And my mother was actually an opera singer and gave up her career to have five children. And so that night I remember I was left alone for the very first time with my mother. And it was Palm Sunday evening. And um, I sang to her. And a tear rolled down her face and she was trying to tell me something. And then I said, uh, I ended up leaving. I went home. As soon as I laid my head on my pillow, my sister called and said, Mommy just died. So my mother always called me to make sure that I got home okay. So I felt at that time I was like, wow, my mom waited to pass away to make sure I made it home okay. And it was Palm Sunday. And I felt so good at that time. I was like, I know she's with God. I know she's at peace. But then they just revealed this to me yesterday that they killed my mother. That we well, did that to your mother on Palm Sunday, John three sixteen. I'm so sorry that um that they're saying that to you. Um I, I wanna believe I that, that they're just so they're cruel. I, I wanna hmm? I just think that's so awful. Yeah, I I, I wanna believe that they're saying that just to to increase your 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 mourning for your mom. I don't want to believe that they actually did that. Um, they, because you know, they say a lot of horrific stuff that's untrue. Um, I'm not saying that everything they say is untrue. They, but they are liars, um, and and they are perverted. So they will say messed up stuff like that to you just to add to your pain. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. I want to believe that they didn't do that. But I'm, you know, I, I don't want to ca- cut cross how you feel about it, and, and I'm really sorry they said that to you. And if they did do that, they will um, pay for what they've done if they've done yeah. that. You know, right I mean, if you are if you're a believer um, in the Word of God, then you know that when someone does evil to you, that the evil they do is returned back to them. Are you, do you um, pray? If you don't I do that? pray. I do pray. When you pray, they'll literally say to me, ew, or oh boy. Really? Yeah. Well, when I pray, that's the only time they can't get in. Um, my focus is on God. And when you're focused, well, when I'm focused on him, there's nothing can penetrate that. Nothing can come through that. I can hear them saying things, but they can't really penetrate my focus, you mm-hmm. know, because when I reach out, when you reach out to God and you, you give your attention to him alone, nothing. I mean, the phone could be ringing, the house could be burnt. I mean, you can't, your focus is so strong on him, you know, and that's how I feel when I pray. You know, my my prayers are uninterrupted 
when I'm praying. There's no way they can get in on that. The voice to skull does not penetrate my prayers, and that's one good thing. Um, and I also notice that if I'm singing or singing a song regarding the Father, God, you know, they can't, the voice of skull does not penetrate that either. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if that helps you in any way, um, but that helps me. Um, Of course, you can't, like, stay constantly singing, constantly praying, but, you know, when I do, and I hear when the voice of skull is going and it's really bad, then I'll start singing. And then it, it it just like it it blocks it in a way. Do they try to put um, songs that aren't yours in your head? And well, there have been going? times where I would wake up and there would be a song in my head that I'm not even think. You know, one thing happened that was funny. <laughs> I'm not even a fan of this person, and when I got up, the, one of their songs, one of their hit songs, was was. Um, generating in my in my thought life it was just a song rolling in my head and i'm not even a fan of this there's a person that i don't even like personally or professionally may i but ask who it is so i could laugh with you <laughs> well i mean i'm not i don't hate the dude you know i mean and I mean, he's talented but i'm not a fan i'm just not a fan it's okay. Uh, you could say, it was oh, Prince. me neither. They did that to me too with Purple Rain. Really? Oh, okay. Yes. That wasn't the song. It was. No, it was a. It was a love song. It was one of his love songs, and I. I'm like, I don't know because of the words of the song. I think that's what they were doing. They were saying, um, and and you know what? It is so creepy, Donna. The the song they chose to beam in my head for him for Prince. Uh, about Prince, from Prince, rather, his song. Because it, it, these people hate me, okay? They hate me. It's evident that they hate me, the things that they've done to my life, my livelihood, the relationships I've had with people. They've destroyed almost everything. But then they have this song. You ever heard of the song Adore You from Prince? No, I don't think so. Maybe if you sang it, I would. I, I'm not going to sing that song. The, the, some of the, the the verses it says, "Until the end of time, I'll be there for you. You you own my heart and mind. I truly adore you." That's the song they had generating in my head, and I was like, you know what? This is some sick. You know what? Maybe they like Prince because they do. They use Prince. They'll use that song. Um, Electric Avenue. Really? Eddie yeah, Grant. Yeah, Electric, Electric Avenue. But you get what you're doing. <laughs> no, I've never had that song. And then Usher, Ain't Nobody oh, really? Kids Like You. Um, but then they're saying, ew, all the time to me. Well, I think the song that they chose to generate in my head, if I, if that's what they've done, is the opposite of how they feel about me. You know how someone can patronize you and, and, mm-hmm. and act like they, they like you when they really don't? I mm-hmm. think that's when, that's what they were doing with that song. You know, these people, it's apparent that they hate me, okay? But oh, then me they, too. Then they generate mean, they a song. Then they gener- but at the same time, they're generating a song saying that they truly adore me. That That's sick. Mm-hmm. That's sick. <laughs> okay? 
<laughs> That's what they're doing. They but pick different songs for me all the time, and it's it's like hmm. I'm not thinking of that song. Right, you're not. It's thoughts that you're not thinking, songs you're not thinking about in your mind, and it's like projected there all of a sudden. Yeah, I've experienced that several times. And it's repetitive, right? Like it's, it's not repetitive. It's it, it happens in spurts with me. It's like out of the blue, boom, there's a song right there. Yeah, it's as soon as I wake up, there's a song there. And I thought I had originally attributed it to that I genuinely love music and my mom was a singer. Mm-hmm. But then I'm hearing from other TIs that this is happening to them as well. Yeah, and it's not just music. They, I believe that the they're in your thought life, they generate negative thoughts, you know, or like something hateful. Like if somebody walks by, they may generate a thought like, "Boy, that person's ugly." You, you know, or they do you that look to ugly, me you know, too. to make you feel like you're thinking that that person's ugly when you're not really thinking about yeah. that person, you know. I'm, that's just an example. I'm not saying that that's what happened to me, but I mean, they'll. I believe that you know, certain things like that can occur. And you know what? I think that we need to do, as TIs, more research on remote neural monitoring. I think that's what the the formal term of what we're talking about is, where they manipulate brainwave patterns through their machinery. And I think that's what, I mean, mind control sounds more like uh, science fiction, but if we use the, the formal term of it, which is remote neural monitoring, it sounds right. more technical and more realistic, and it has a preface, preface. So you can go and refer back to that word on YouTube. I mean, not YouTube, but uh, Yahoo or Google, and you'll get information. You'll get documentation on remote neural monitoring. And I think that's what this is. They're using machinery that can link to your brainwave patterns and can affect you in a way where you're thinking about certain things and and you and you're you're hearing certain things and and it's through that machinery that they're using. You know what I mean? Can you have you would you ever have imagined that our government would waste trillions of dollars on doing this to to people? Mhm. I mean, I yeah. think they could it's have said the world, world so many times <laughs> over. Mhm. Right. This is it's, the hardest part that I'm grasping with this whole program is they could have cured so many diseases. Mhm. They could have fed the world so many times over. Why would they take a technology that can benefit people? Because I believe that they have caused a lot of people's illnesses with this program, Lyme mm-hmm. disease, yes, a lot fibromyalgia. Yeah, and I think a lot of psychological illnesses that people think are psychological, like post-traumatic stress disorder or schizophrenia, I think mm-hmm. those aren't real diseases. I really don't believe that those are real. I, don't I think either. those are induced by the the neural monitoring machinery, manipu- you know, messing with brainwaves, yeah, ADHD, all of those. I think those are conditions that were developed through the 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 manipulating of brainwave patterns using this type of remote neural monitoring machinery those things happen that's the end result of them messing with the brainwave patterns schizophrenia they, and post traumatic um, and ADHD and all those 
They're I'm not real curious. diagnoses. Diagnosis. With you, do they always put, like, real pretty girls in front of you and they start playing with their hair? Mm-mm. No, no one's played with their hair, but as I had mentioned earlier, they they tried to manipulate me, tried to make me... Um, they They put... Uh, lesbian women in front of me because they had told I I believe that they had manipulated the atmosphere as far as men were concerned in my life for them not to communicate with me or or approach me for socially or anything but then in exchange they they tried to put lesbian women in my path Mm -hmm. to see if I would switch teams of which I did not because I'm not gay so then when that didn't work, then that's when they started bringing in these these decoy males that they were sending my in my path to proposition me and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I, I never really pay attention to how they look, you know, so I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know if they were pretty or not. I don't pay attention to women that way, so... <laughs> I don't know, well, but I, I do mean, know like, that they were lesbians. They 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 acted like lesbians. They had the masculine tendencies. Yeah. They they were. It was apparent that they were it, it, that they were lesbian women, and they would place these women in my pathway. If I'm in a store or whatever, they'll have them approach me or bump into me or stand around me. They had one one, one of them when I went to vote open the door for me, you know, and stuff like that. And it just crazy stuff. They do that to crazy me, stuff. but to belittle me, they'll put all these very pretty younger women in front of me. Oh, to make they'll you feel bending over, right? Oh. And then they'll say, "You're ill," and she's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, "I know okay. she's so, beautiful." Okay, so that is to mess with your self-esteem. That's what they're mm-hmm. doing to you. They're trying to make you feel like you know devalued or less than. Right. Yeah. And they'll perfectly, and they will say to me, um, "You're ill," and she's beautiful. But they'll oh. use the name. They'll use the name Christina because mm-hmm. I used to watch that show HGTV, and mm-hmm. the girl is Christina. Mm-hmm. And recently, um, her husband just left her. He was fooling around with their babysitter. Mm-hmm. So they just split up. So we were just having that conversation the other night about her. And then I don't know if you believed in this, but I believe that Kanye West, is under the, is involved in this program um, with his rants. I mean, he was ranting about the New World Order. And what I found was amazing was um, Donald Trump, after he got out of the hospital, two days later, uh, Kanye went over and met with Donald Trump. And then when Kanye left, Bill Gates came in to speak with Donald Trump. I don't know if you believe that that, you know. Well, I I mean, a lot of celebrities talk about the New World Order. I think a lot of of people associate, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term Illuminati. Yes. They're like the 13 dominant families in the world system, the world economic system. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people believe that they, there's a connection between these 13 families and celebrities and sports players, you know, because they all make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you ever thought 
how in the world can someone who can barely read or write but can get up on a stage, sing, dance, and, and have no clothes on, on stage can make millions of dollars. But someone with several levels of college education, such as myself, can barely make a dollar out of 15 cents. So I, yeah. I wonder if people understand the reason why. I think because there's a, a certain affiliation with these 13 families and these celebrities and them being able to make money, millions of dollars, or have millions of fans and, and admirers that will throw money at them for doing what they do, and they become mega millionaires along with these these 13 families. You know, there's an association with when it comes to money, I believe. And they're able, they're in a job where they distract the masses. That's another philosophy I believe in, that celebrities are there to distract us from paying attention to what these world leaders are doing behind closed doors. That's why they're paid millions of dollars to do what they do. And and these people who can barely read and write but they make millions of dollars can have an audience with presidents and and leaders and high entities, but average people like myself and yourself that are are fairly intelligent – can can't get an audience with them because we don't we're targets. You, you know, know what I find amazing is mm-hmm. you you made reference a dollar out of fifteen cents, which was from Tupac, right? Oh, I don't know. That's a saying that that's a southern saying I've heard all my life. Okay, yeah, Tupac <laughs> reference. That's one of the other songs that they they put. They told me one night that I was the wind. Hmm. Tupac wrote wrote a song. Um, I'm trying to find my friends, but they're floating in the wind. Oh, so they're using word association with you? Yeah. Um, hmm. And then it's so weird. Um, there's another song, "The Rainbow Connection," mm-hmm. and then I literally had a rainbow over my house that night, and hmm. I took pictures of it. Now, before I knew about anything about this program, because I'm not tech savvy, I don't even mm-hmm. own a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Last year, I have a picture of me holding five butterflies in my hand. And I'm staring at them saying, look at this, I'm holding these butterflies. They're landed in my hand. Mm-hmm. Now, doing research, the butterflies are monarch butterflies. Oh, five, yeah, the, because yeah, the monarch project, children. monarch, yeah. I, there was five of us kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the unfortunate part. They keep refer- referencing my siblings. Oh, yeah, because, you know, the Project Monarch was about how they destroyed entire families with with the with this type of, of harassment. Um, Project Monarch was, was one of the original projects along with MKUltra. I don't know if you've ever heard of those projects, but those are like, they're all behavioral modification programs that the government came up with. They tested um, non-consenting um, citizens of this country with those um with those research tests and you know project monarch was one of them right i did i researched it and then i Mm -hmm. started researching things within my house Mm because i love nature and i saw that it had a lot of pine cones Mm -hmm. i looked up pine cones well that represents your penile gland the third eye Mm -hmm. um I have an owl, and they kept saying, who, who, who? And then I'm like, wow, I have an owl out back on Mm -hmm. my patio. Um, Then I have a frog. Then all of a sudden, frogs will show up. Mm -hmm. Here's 
and I have photos of this too. And I didn't, again, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Last summer, I kept getting poisonous snakes in my house. Mm -hmm. And they literally burrowed through the cement. Mm -hmm. And I never saw anything like that. Um, But they were poisonous ones. And Mm -hmm. I even joked with my eldest son. I said, I have to get a priest out here to bless the house. I keep getting poisonous snakes. Mm Mm-hmm. It was them. They were bringing the snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you think that they're using um, word association, um, symbolism, photographs, all kinds of oh, things. Yeah. It seems they like they're talk- using with you what you've explained was a lot of things. You, you know, they're using natural things. They're using symbolism. They're using word association. Um, I would say that they're trying to do a, a really bad psychological um, harassment initiative on you. That I think that's what it is. Like with me, you know, yours is just a different pattern. It's but it's the it's almost the same thing. It's it's a mind thing. They're trying to mess with your head, you know, with the word right. association and on the animals and the symbolism and all that and the music and you know they're what they've designed. This. <laughs> It's just so sick. I, I I just have to, like, step back for a second and just take a breath because, you know, it's just crazy what they're doing to us, um, this, this behavior modification program that they've got us under is ridiculous. And, and the things that they've done to destroy our lives, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. There's certain times. I know the past couple of days, so this call was actually a blessing because I've been so incredibly emotional the past couple of days. Um, And all I kept saying within myself, I'm like, dear God, it's Christmas time. And then I'll hear that song, Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All, repeating over and over and over again, which is fine because, and they're hitting me now down below, because they know genuinely that's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, yeah, well, you know, I hope this doesn't spoil your your Christmas um, celebrations because it doesn't spoil mine. I mean, Christmas has always been my favorite time of the year. I'm just happy when it comes around. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter how heavily I'm being targeted by my perpetrators, I nothing can spoil my feelings about this holiday. I just love Christmas. I just I just get happy when I think about it. I'm, I'm, the closer I get to it, the more excited I am. It's just how I feel about it. So I hope it doesn't ruin your celebrations for this Thank holiday. You. No, I try not to, but um, they know the only way to really get to me is through my son. Any light show that we've attended, my son will publicly urinate in front of everyone. Oh, no. Right. So it's like I have to discipline him. I'm like, are you aware of what you're doing? Who urinates in front of the public? Oh, nobody can see me. I'm like, you're in front of Christmas tree lights Mm -hmm. at a public park. Anywhere that we have gone to look at lights, he jumps out of the car and urinates. Oh, man. Um. Well, when it comes to to your son's um you know mental state, have you deci- have you ever sat down and just 
talk to him about his behavior or where of how he feels about his behavior? I'm trying, but he just keeps cracking up laughing, and then all of a sudden he'll get extremely violent out of nowhere. Well, can you, when he starts laughing, is there a way to, for you to say, like, um, you know, honey, this is not a joke. I, um, Mommy's really serious about what I'm talking about with you. Can you please not laugh right now because I really need answers from you, and this is really serious and very important to me? Maybe that I, will... Gail, I really do try, but then what happens is he starts running away from me. They're directing him to run away. Then he gets lost for a while. And it's sad because then, you know, our whole night is ruined because they know genuinely I have to discipline him as his mother. I can't let that yeah, go back. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, and, yeah, because if you let him continue to do what he's doing, it's just going to get worse. Right. Now, what I'm noticing is a lot of his friends were shoplifting. <gasps> oh, and no. all of a sudden, he went into Walmart and he came out laughing, and he pulls out a $3 journal with the eagle on it. I have eagles that follow me everywhere I go. Really? Yeah, when I look up in the sky, I have two eagles. No matter where I'm at, Brook Green Gardens, Walmart, the car wash, I look up, there's the eagles. So my mm-hmm. son steals a $3 journal from Walmart, with the American flag, and it has the eagle on it. So I, he thought it was hilarious. So I said, well, I'm going to bring you back in, and you're going to tell them that you stole it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how funny they think it is. But this is another reason why, like, I really wanted to sit down with Lieutenant Dove because there are some safety measures that I have to safeguard my son because I know this is happening at school. The other day I was picked up my basketball in my garage and I'm dribbling it and then my son comes home and I said how was school good I said how was Jim oh we just started playing basketball today then he said to me ma he's cracking up laughing he said ma you're not going to believe what happened I said what he said the school was talking about hygiene and somebody literally pooped in the sink at school. Oh, that's that's horrible. Listen, um, Donna, I hate to cut the conversation, but this is no, a two-hour call, and it you, might yeah. cut off. It might cut off on you, and I'm not sure because I started it like 15 minutes before the, the the time that I said I I started it, which would be nine. Okay. And it's like 11, here it's 11.45 right now, and I started a call at 8.46, so it might end within the next few seconds. But I wanted to thank you so much for participating in the call. If you didn't participate, there would be no call today, tonight, but so I really what? appreciate it. I think it was a blessing for both of us to be from, you know, live in South Carolina. I know it was a blessing for you to have this call because I had an opportunity to talk because I never talk on on the other calls, I just listen. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad that you had an opportunity to share your story, and hopefully you'll participate in the in future calls, and I will keep you, you informed via email, okay? Please do. And, and I wish Christmas. you and your son well, and, and you have a blessed Christmas. You too. Okay? 
Thank All right. you, Gail. Good night. Oh, you're I'm welcome. Hang up. Thank okay. you so much. You're very bye-bye. welcome. Have a good night. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.